So we're going to talk about how prospecting is going and what your approach is. And so other people can learn from your ideas. Maybe something's working really well for you that others can try. So we want to uh, talk about that kind of stuff. So I want to start with Aaron, who I know is doing a lot of prospecting. Um, but let me say that, you know, we, as a, as a company, we do a really, really good job with our current clients. And so that's, in, you know, in sales terms, you've got two types of sales activities. You've got hunting and farming. And hunting is obviously going out and finding new business. Farming is dealing with your current clients and getting more wallet share out of them. Now, we are really good at farming, and what we, what we need to get better at is the hunting aspect of it. And it is time-consuming, but it's really important if we're going to hit our numbers this year, if uh, each of us are going to hit our individual goals, we always have to be finding new clients, and we need to make sure that we find time to be able to do that every single week. It's extremely important for the long-term health of your book, for your wallets, and for the company as well. So I want to start with Aaron, kind of what is your, what is your process um, how do you how do you go about it? Are you having any any successes with your with your prospecting efforts? Um, go. <laughs> okay, uh, mine's a little different. Um, up until very recently, most of my prospecting efforts were just going after um, businesses that I've done business with in the past. Uh, people that either remembered me or worked with me, uh, some more of a, a warm prospecting. My, my recent efforts have been basically based on that list that you sent me, Rusty, where I am starting from scratch. They don't know me from Adam. Uh, they don't know our company from, from the next. And so um, right now, it's, 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 obviously, it's a lot slower process um, getting into these accounts. Um, and I, I'm actually kind of revamping how I'm doing it uh, and, and trying to utilize LinkedIn as much as possible, see if I can get warm introductions. That started to work a little bit, uh, a little bit of traction from that, uh, meaning I found some people that I know that can, uh, that, that have a relationship with somebody high up in the company, um, and I've gotten a couple to say they, they'd be happy to help me. But that's as far as, it gone, as it's gone so far. And I think it's just going to take some more time and more uh, uh, diligence and, and getting in their ear and reminding them and following up and all that good stuff. So it's, like you said, it's a very time-consuming process um, and expecting immediate results uh, like I was doing with the previous prospecting is, is I'm finding to be somewhat unrealistic. Uh, sure, I may get lucky and get immediate results, but but I, I just think it takes time, and uh, it's like a, going to LinkedIn and trying to get referred, um, putting together a quick, brief email uh, that kind of tells what we do and how we think we can be successful in helping them uh, grow their business and run their business, and just asking for appointments is my my, my approach right now. Okay, and that's that's really what you have to do. You know, obviously, if you can, you know, with existing clients, getting referrals is going to be the easiest way to find new business. Uh, absolutely. I, I, so I do that, that all the time. Obviously, the easiest way. Yeah, uh, that's a no-brainer. I mean, that's, you, know, uh, you, you get a client and you ask for referrals all the time and repeatedly. I mean, I keep asking the same people, like, oh, yeah, yeah, how about call this guy? And, and uh, oh, this guy could use your help. So uh, definitely that's the easiest low-hanging fruit form of, of prospecting there is. Absolutely, very true. And in terms of, you know, targeting someone that you don't know anybody at, that it definitely takes a long time. If you guys remember the, uh, that little image that I copied off of Inklin and sent out, um, you know, 80% of sales are made on the 5th to 12th contact. <laughs> You know, so five to twelve contacts to a client before you before you can get a sale. That's a lot of diligent work, and so 
as it's still early in the year, we need to make sure that we're making those contacts with new clients and trying to make it happen just with, you know, relentless contact and different methods, use different methods, um, cold call, email, if you can get their email address, use LinkedIn, um, you know, maybe FedEx them something in the mail because everyone will open a FedEx package. You know, we can, we can get creative with this kind of stuff. So it's, it's all very important for our uh, long-term health. Um, Craig, how about you? Since you are newest, most of what you're doing is prospecting, and I know that a lot of it is people that you've known in Las Vegas area for a long time, but you're also doing some, doing some cold calling to people that you've never talked to. Kind of go, go through your process and what you're finding is working the best. Correct. Yeah, like you said, it's probably about 50-50 uh, as far mm -hmm. as 50% new prospects or it's people that, you know, you've never called on before. I might have known the account past life, like because another rep in the building knew them or had them as a customer. But it's about 50-50, and, and like Aaron was saying, I mean, it's a long process. Um, like you stated, too, it's a diligent process. I mean, I think on average for me, most people, before I get my first appointment, I've probably called them at least five to ten times. So, I mean, to get that appointment, and I think it shows your diligence, and I think it's funny when you talk to most customers, they'll actually tell you, hey, Craig, you know what? I get 15, 20 calls from people like you every day. If I took the call or set up an appointment, I'd never get anything done. So kind of tell me, you know, why should I talk to you or what's different about you? You know, I know you're a salesperson and you're doing your cold calling, but, you know, what makes you unique or different? And what I found just recently, I think you and I talked about this last week, with some of the marketing directors that I've been calling, because I'm not just targeting office supplies, I'm calling actually targeting print and promotional and all the different categories we might do. And I might use one as the lead-in based on the customer that I think, okay, easiest way into this account is going to be promotional items as opposed to office supplies. Because office supplies, it's, you know, a uh, half million dollars spend, they're under contract, and it's really not going to get me anywhere. So, okay, let me pick something different to use as my lead-in. And with the marketing directors, I've found, and I don't know what it's like in Phoenix, but in Las Vegas, it's what I've experienced before in the past on the print side, is there's very few companies really taking advantage of, like, the e-commerce and platform solution we offer. And, I mean, just as one great example, which seems to get every marketing person to actually, I had two call me back last week, actually returned my voicemails. I left them, which I was shocked, was the fact that, you know, just as an example of what we can do when I left on a voicemail just to kind of pique their interest a little bit because you're calling these people several times and you're trying to, you know, be creative and say something a little bit different each time to kind of pique their interest and not sound like a recording over and over again, is I stated, well, hey, just as an example of what we can do, you know, we can take your business cards, we can build them on our site as a template per your branding standards so that way everything always matches exactly what you're trying to accomplish there in marketing. And your users can go in, order their cards, boom, it pulls up a proof, and then they have their cards three to five business days later. It seems most companies don't have any type of electronic process for ordering even their business cards. I think probably 90% of the companies you'd call on, you know, are basically doing it the old way of, oh, well, I email my current print vendor and I tell them, hey, I need these 10 names, here's their title, here's their information, here's their cell, here's their phone, and I email it to our vendor and then they create proofs and send it back to me. So when you kind of mention that to the marketing directors, they kind of go, wow, that's a pretty neat idea. I mean, I was just talking to Golden Nugget at the end of last week on Friday, and they don't do any type of platform for their business cards or any of their print. Everything is completely manual, and you're looking at a customer that's got a print spend of Lord knows what. And you're just going, wait, really? You guys aren't doing anything electronic? It's like, no, we go to this vendor for this, we go to that vendor for this. So I think really it's just a matter of, the diligence, the, you know, looking at the client and thinking, okay, what's the best in? Because the nice thing we have is we have the several different product categories to utilize to get in the door. So which one do I maybe want to lead with and then use the rest as, hey, these are other areas down the road that I can basically add on to the program to help further reduce your process costs and eliminate vendors and all of your procurement process. So 
I think, like I say, and then, like I say, it's just a long process, too, but it's just being diligent. I mean, believe me, I have the days where I call somebody, I get them live on the phone, and you get an appointment, but those are few and far between. Most of it is your fifth, sixth call, so to speak. Yep. Agreed. And that, that's a, a really good point with business cards. You know, business cards aren't, aren't going to make any of us rich, but the process that we have in place for ordering online Business cards are something that always seems to be last minute. It might be the last thing that they think of when they're hiring somebody, um, or it's the, oh, shoot, I'm out of cards and I need them really fast. Um, the process of emailing someone, getting a proof back, approving it, and getting them ordered takes a few extra days. And if you can set a company up online, all they need to do is go look at their template, change the info, hit go, and done. So it's a it's a, a big differentiator for us to be able to use the gateway for for that sort of thing and it does solve it solves a mini problem. It's not that, you know, not getting business cards for a week is not necessarily the end of the world, but you know, a new hire wants to have their cards right away. You know, someone who someone who is using enough cards to run out of cards needs them. And by getting them set up on the gateway, it really it really does save two, three, four days of turnaround time. So wanted to wanted to uh, kind of piggyback on that point, and especially with talking to new clients, it might be a a pain point to talk about, and it really highlights what we can do in terms of the gateway and putting all of their products up there and saving them time in in other areas, on other print jobs, other promo, other apparel, that kind of stuff. Um, let's go to Victoria next. Victoria, I know that you have been very busy, but I know that you're also reaching out to some people in terms of cold calling and trying to get into new clients because we've I know we've talked about a couple of them. So what is your approach? What's working? What's not? Is it just a matter of continuing to cold call and continue, continuing to reach out until you get to that uh, that 5 to 12 contact? Yeah, I think it's a matter of time and, and you know, continuing to work on it. I've also uh, tried to use the LinkedIn. We've talked about that a lot on the calls and a lot of different trainings, and that's not been something I've been real comfortable with, so I decided that it was something I would try to start using. Um, and I've had the same situation that's already been mentioned, that you know, I'll go in, I'll find somebody on a first or second level that can do an introduction where I need and I get the commitment for that, but then it seems like time keeps going by and, you know, you hate to keep following up and say, hey, by the way, when are you going to do that? So, you know, it takes time. Uh, everybody's busy and they're doing you a favor, so you can't really press that. So I've been trying to do that. I've also been thinking about some different ways that I can get myself in front of um I don't like to just try to friend somebody or, you know, get somebody to accept me on, on that thing unless I've been intro, uh, introduced in some way. So um, I've been thinking about uh, either stopping by with something that I can just leave for them, a little uh, note, card, gift, um, something that I'm, I haven't quite put my finger on what it's going to be yet, but um, just kind of swing by and leave it at the receptionist, talk to the receptionist a little bit, and then um, do the follow-up. So that's going to be my next attempt. Okay. Yeah, and, you know, calling and dropping stuff off, it just it shows that you're there to stay as opposed to, you know, somebody who leaves, who leaves a message for someone and then they never hear from them again. They'll never remember that person's name. But if you leave them a few messages... Um, you send them an email, you go to the office and you leave something for them, they're going to remember you. It's going to be much more likely that they'll answer your next call or they'll respond. And, you know, it might be it might be a year from now and you've been calling every month and every once in a while leaving something for them and their supplier can't get them something that they need in a hurry. And then you're their first call because they remember your name and they know how diligent you've been. And it builds a level of trust. Even if you've never spoken to them, they believe that you're going to be relentless and you're going to be able to get things done for them. So all of that is uh, is very important in the uh, prospecting process. 
Uh, Linda, how about you? Good morning. Good morning. Um, I've been doing um, basically working on rehab, so it's a little bit different. I'm um, doing more asking for referrals. When I finally get someone and they're happy with me, then I ask for um, a referral, and they've been really good about giving me referrals. And, um, and it might be another one in in, in the same family or um, someone that is a friend of theirs, and. Just having that name that someone referred to makes it a lot easier to get in. I think to get appointments a lot easier that way. Absolutely, and I know you're you're getting a lot of referrals, and it's really helping you grow your business in the short term. Right, but so it's it's, it's it's it takes a long time. Just like they said, it takes a long time, a lot of work. Um, sometimes you go, I feel like I'm beating my head against the wall, but you do. It it just takes a lot of time. It does. Just, just keep doing it. Absolutely. And kind kind of the other part, I just had a I just had a thought in terms of using our our CRMs to handle to handle some of your work and just keep remembering that they our CRMs are getting to know your clients. Sometimes they know them very well and they're already handling stuff, which is really how we're set up to work. And so the CRMs are really here to help us free up our time so that we can be going out and spending time prospecting and all, all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> Remember to keep using your CRMs and thank them when they're doing good work. Um, Don, how about you? Well, uh, you know, not to repeat stuff people have already said, um, in addition to, to those things, I was thinking about do I do anything differently? And um, what I've been doing and I've, I've done this for a while, but I started doing it more lately, is if I have somebody that's either a prospect or maybe they've done like a one order or two orders or something like that with us and it's only been somebody that's in kind of an administrative role, um, is going, checking out their website and then finding out stuff about the owners, the president, the history. And then I'll, then I'll just find people's email addresses based on how they're set up and um, email them specifically about what I saw on their website and what you know what occurred to me or whatever and and I was doing that last week and I had somebody uh, well, actually the president of the company I was trying to get into they, they've done one order with us just it's actually in the process right now but I emailed him and he called me back you know from his cell phone and and left me a message and then gave me a cell number and so I ended up calling I'm meeting with him tomorrow and his general manager and two of his marketing people and that was all because of just commenting on his website because uh, it was about his history and he's been in business like 52 years. It's just got a long history. His father was in it and stuff. And then um, the other thing that I've been doing lately is, uh, and I think it has a lot of potential, is rather than talking about anything specific from a service standpoint or a product standpoint, I'll just talk about, um, hey, what I'd like to do is just get together with you and brainstorm, see what you're doing now, and maybe if there's something we can do that could help you grow your business. And that's kind of what happened with the um, – the contact that we met with Friday with uh, Nathan <laughs> was um, Gordon, who is a friend of mine and he does, has a consulting business. That's kind of how I approached him, is take a client and let's just see if we can't talk with them, just have some time to brainstorm and see where it could go. And that Jay Levine came out of that kind of a conversation. Once we got together and started brainstorming stuff to see how they were going their business and if there was something we could do that they've never thought of or a way we could add on to what they're doing or make it better, more efficient, you know, almost just from a consulting standpoint, yep. um, and then just see what happens. You know, and I've I'm, I've trying to get some appointments. I've got people that have committed to getting together, just haven't done it yet. But it was basically the same thing. Let's just spend a little time and talk and see where see what we could do. Um, because you really don't know, you know, where the person has a difficulty or where the problem is, or you, you don't have any idea, you know, unless you have some kind of conversation. So. That's about it from a, something that's a little different than everybody else said. Okay, very good, absolutely. Now, one one thing that you talked about is basically the research that you do before before calling these companies. Yeah. And I think that the research is extremely important in terms of finding an angle and being able to tailor your pitch to something that they are doing. Um. One thing that comes to mind was the company that was right next to us at the franchise show. 
um, when Craig and I went over to talk to them, their pitch was very similar to what we use in that they are a, a company that handles your uh, fleet of vehicles. So if you have uh, a lot of deliveries and that kind of stuff, do you want to own your vehicles, handle the maintenance on all of them, all that kind of stuff. So these guys handle all the vehicles and the fleet maintenance and the leasing of the vehicles and all of that kind of stuff so that you can go do what you're good at, and we handle that part of it. And so once we heard that pitch, it was really easy for Craig to turn that around and say, well, you know, that's what we do just in terms of this other set of products. So that's probably, you know, I haven't looked at their website, but it's probably something that they have front and center on their website. And if you can use things like that as you're in to talk to them. You know, I see on your website that you guys do this in order to let your prospects go focus on what they do. You know, well, what we do is the same thing, but in terms of office supplies, promotional <coughs> all that kind of stuff. So you can really find good information in terms of how companies present themselves to the world, and you can use that to your advantage in terms of being able to speak their language so that it makes sense to them and they kind of get what our value prop is. Um, okay, so... Debbie, let's, uh, let's go to you on the prospecting front, and then we will talk about CBRs after that. So I know, Deb, you get a lot of, a lot of referrals, and that's, I would imagine that is your primary source of finding new clients, and that's great, and that's even better. It's a heck of a lot easier than cold calling, but new clients are still a lot of work. So what uh, what methods do you use when you get referred? How do you how do you go into the new contact? All that kind of stuff. Um, I just go on um, when I get the referral. I'll usually go out there and see them and introduce myself, and usually take uh, like a promo that we have that we've done, and then just uh, you know I try to um, first of all set up an appointment and um, get some time with them, then if not, then I'll still go drop off some catalogs. So um, that's, that's basically what I do. So I'm um, just, you know, introducing myself and... <clears throat> um, but it seems to work, and, you know, because I, that's how I've gotten to grow the business is through, all, is through the referrals. Yep, and then once you drop stuff off or you meet with them, then it's just all about all about follow-up. Right, yep, yep. Just continuing to, you know, send out emails and, you know, um, and just, you know, uh, stay on top of it. And sometimes that's hard because when you get busy, then you realize, oh, a couple of weeks have gone by and you haven't heard from them, so then you follow up. Perfect. Okay, now... Stay ready because we're now going to talk about collaborative business reviews. And so we were able to do our first collaborative business review with uh, Arizona Kidney Disease Centers. And this was one of Deb's clients. And they're about a, they're over 90K last year, I think. Yes. 91, 92K. So they're, a very good client of ours. And so the idea of the collaborative business reviews, and this is something that's really standard kind of in, in every industry. You know, when I was in the IT industry, you'd have uh, QBRs, you'd have quarterly business reviews with your biggest clients. And, you know, of course, it never really happens quarterly. It's usually annually, which is why um, Eric renamed this collaborative business review, because we're not we're not really going to do this every quarter. But the idea of, is, of it is we go through their orders from the prior, from the prior period and the period before that. Um, for this one, you know, if we're doing one for, for Aaron, you know, it might be the first half of last year and then the second half of last year because he's been here just <laughs> over a year. Um, with this client, they've been with us for a long time, so we did the 2013 numbers and the 2014 numbers, 
and showed, you know, they grew $9,000, but there were many fewer orders, so their average order size was larger, which obviously, obviously we like because the cost of the cost of processing orders is much less for us when the average order size is large. And so we, it really gives us a chance to get you and either Nathan or I or both of us in front of your client. And sometimes just having another voice in the room really helps get the conversation going, gets them thinking about new ideas about how we can help them. And that's really what these are about is here's what you're doing with us. But, you know, hey, this category, you're not doing a whole lot with us. Why not? What can we do? What can we do to help? Would it save you time and money? We know it would save you time and money to, to move more of your business to us so that they can be working off the platform. And in the case of uh, Arizona Kidney, they are not using the platform yet. And it had been discussed with Brett a bit in the past, and then just in having our conversation with him, it really, it really clicked for him, and it made a lot of sense for him to go on. Um, Deb, why don't you talk about the process that he is going through to send in orders to us right now and how it would make sense for him to get on the gateway? Well, uh, right now what he does, he uh, emails me all his orders, and they come from – his manager, so the manager will email him, and then he'll usually forward it to me, and then I have to figure out what he's wanting because he doesn't give me all the information. Um, he's been there for um, a little over a year now, and so um, he's still learning, and so um, I'm spending a lot of time just trying to figure out what he wants um, before I can give it to um, Bonnie. So um, that's why when... I mean, last year when we talked to him about going online, we thought it would make it a whole lot easier, but he just wasn't ready for that. But now I think um, we talked to him about getting his managers to order online, and then he can approve it and then or, you know, do so much that where he doesn't have to approve it. And then hopefully, you know, they can just do their own ordering, and I think it would save uh, us a lot of time and him especially a lot of time. Right, and so he he's getting emailed orders from his managers that would be a list of stuff, and so right. each order he has to go through and say, okay, this one isn't for Deb, so he needs to cop, cut that part out, and you know go through every line item. Okay, this isn't this isn't for specialized. This isn't for specialized. This, this is, and then send you the email. So he's double and triple checking stuff. Whereas if we had everything up on the gateway forum, he would just be getting an email saying, do you approve this order that so-and-so placed? And so it would save him a ton of time. And on our end, it would save us a ton of time because the order gets placed online. There's, there's no proofing that needs to be done. There's no email to Deb and Deb having to go back to him, hey, I'm not sure what this line item means, or Deb sitting there trying to figure out what it is, or she and Bonnie trying to figure out what it is. It, it's, a, it's a win-win for us. It saves us a lot of time. It saves Deb a lot of time as the, uh, as the rep, but it saves the client a lot of time. And that's really, that's really what helps the most. <laughs> Um, and then Deb, so what ha what happened when we uh, when we asked him about his uh, office supply business? Um, we well, um, you know, we I've been uh, trying to get his office supply business, and he just said that he wasn't you know ready to. He he was happy who he was ordering with, and he said he's been knowing them. So, um, but when we talked to him about it on. Um, on Thursday, um, he was open um, to us uh, pricing the, his top ten items again. Um, so uh, we're hoping that we can get in the door and that, you know, he'll be able to order those right online too, just like he would do for his printing. And so um, that's – we're hoping that we can, you know, that it'll open up the door and that – well, you know, he'll be able to order everything from us. 
Right, and do you do you think I I felt that because of the gateway and because of being open with the gateway, it kind of opened the door to that office supply business as well. Did you feel the same? Yes. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. So, because I, you know, um, I know Nathan talked about, you know, it's just one source in that way, and rather than, you know, uh, going through two or three different uh, vendors. Yep, and so it really made sense once we were talking about saving him time because he's obviously really busy. And if he's, you right. know, these guys send us probably, I think it was over 2,000 orders, so it's like three to four orders per day in terms of the calendar. <coughs> Looking at actual working days, it's probably closer to five or six orders a day. And so he's going through every one of those orders and every line item, and if, he was just getting five or six um, confirmations, okay, approve this order, it would probably save him an hour or two per day, I would guess. And so once we got talking about that kind of time savings for him, it made a lot of sense for him to also be thinking about the office supply business. And so that's really that's really what the collaborative business reviews are for is just to have someone else in the room and just have these conversations where, you know, it really might make sense for us to look at this. And then that gives us a lot more, a lot more ability to, to go in and try and get more of their business in terms of really helping them and saving them time and money. And, Oh, by the way, Deb, how, how much did he say uh, he does in office supplies per year? Was it a, a million? A million? Yep, a million dollars in office supplies. And that's when he's he's doing. I think he does all of his print with us, and yes. a little bit of promo, a little bit of apparel, but not a whole lot. It's mostly print, and the office supply spend is ten times that. And I think that's going to be pretty common. And you know, in terms of office supplies, I think that. Sometimes we might ne- not necessarily want to get into that whole thing. And, you know, really it is the office supply stuff is a lot of work up front in terms of getting their items, maybe getting their usage report from their current supplier, and then we have to take that and turn it into our SKUs, get special pricing, load it up on the gateway. It is a, it is a decent amount of work up front, but once it's set up and they're ordering, it's like it's like free money every month as they just go in and they order their stuff. So the work is there on the front end, but once they're set up and rolling, it's really, you know, all these, um, everyone wants recurring revenue. And you'll see that in software packages that you buy. Um, you know, Netflix is a, is a monthly rate. Hulu is a monthly rate. All of everybody wants recurring revenue. It's much easier to forecast what you, what the company's income is going to be, and you know that's why this cloud stuff in the IT industry is so big. Because instead of spending ten grand on on licensing of some software, you're spending five hundred dollars a month, and it makes it a lot easier for. It makes it easier for the end, for end users to to be able to budget for that, and it gives the company that's selling it a real good idea of what their monthly income is going to be, you know, at minimum because they know that money's coming. And office supplies are kind of our version of that. You know, every month you're going to need paper. Every month you're going to need toilet paper. You know, you're going to need ink and toner because that stuff. These are all consumables that you run out of and you order more. And so it's really worth the work on the front end to be able to get the base, what's basically recurring revenue for us. And so, you know, a monthly spend of, you know, $500 a month, that's $500 in revenue for you at whatever GP percentage without you really having to touch it all that much. And so it's, I would highly, highly recommend getting in on the, on office supply discussions with all of your clients, especially clients that are already set up and ordering through the gateway. 
it just really makes it a lot easier for them. They're getting one invoice from one place. We can invoice them however, however we want, and it's an extra line of business that might be a lot more than what you're getting from them now, you know, in, in terms of, you know, multitudes. And so I, I think that that's something that we really need to focus on, and I think sometimes we get caught up in, you know, it's, it is lower GP, um, you know, we're not, selling, we're not selling office supplies at 40% margin. And mm -hmm. that's okay because it's ordered online, and so our cost to be able to process those orders is much lower. And even if we are getting a lower GP percentage on, <coughs> on supplies, once you have them set up, it's basically like, like free money. It's really just the, basically your, your recurring revenue. So instead of starting out every every month, you know, the calendar changes, okay, I'm back at zero, you know that you have, you know, two thousand a month from this client coming on office supplies. You have ten thousand a month from this client coming on office supplies. And so it really makes it a lot easier to build your business mm -hmm. where you can then go work on project based stuff and get the big pops for big promos. <coughs> or big print deals doing, uh, you know, a bunch of brochures for a company, that kind of thing. Hey, Rusty. Yes. Yeah, this is Nathan. So I just want to say, you know, I think that, uh, you know, in delivering the first collaborative business review and, you know, with KIDN, who's been a great client of ours for many years, you know, it, it gave us an opportunity to really sit down with a customer, bring in another contact from Specialized because, you know, a lot of times I think our sales team is working, you know, working on building the business. You know, what else can I get you? You know, what other needs do you have? And it's, it, it allows us to have a more strategic, visionary conversation with the client so that they know that, you know, we care about their future. You know, we care about their processes. We care about what they're doing, trying to do as an organization. You know, we learned that, um, the client's opening three new locations this year. You know, we, we learned a lot of stuff because we were able to ask questions that maybe the sales rep wasn't, you know, doesn't ask all the time or isn't comfortable asking or doesn't have the relationship or doesn't have the title or the authority or whatever, for whatever reason. You know, it's easy to sit down with the director of sales and say, well, what do you guys do for this? And what are you guys doing for 2015? And how does your, you know, what does your day look like? And, you know, that kind of stuff. So, you know, in having that conversation, we were able to talk to them once again about the, um, the specialized gateway. And the challenge is, is that if we're not talking to our clients about it frequently, our competitors are. And there's a lot of benefits to our platform because we can serve multiple lines of products, but there's, you know, a lot of competition out there, and there's a lot of people out there that, you know, have competing platforms. So what we want to do is we want to get people on there. And like Rusty said a few minutes ago, if we get them on the platform and they're using business cards, that's a great start. And we can serve other products as we've done with other clients. Um, so in this case, we were able to work with the client, identify you know, a workflow that they currently go through. They have two different workflows. They have one group of stores or locations that actually already use the gateway. And then they have another workflow for, another, for the other section or the other grouping of stores or locations. And what we're doing, what we're going to do is we're going to streamline the way that that works to make the purchasing agent's life a lot easier. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's a, the collaborative business review, I think, is a really powerful way to have a, a, a much more strategic conversation. And these are the conversations that we need to be having uh, with our clients because they need to see us as, you know, an offer of help, like in their business, not just, oh, they, I buy my business cards from this guy. So... Um, as you guys, I think Rusty made a request that, that everybody does four collaborative business reviews. You should be very strategic in who you want to do those business those uh, collaborative business reviews, knowing that that Rusty is going to be with you, or and possibly even me or Bruce, um, because we're going to be able to have conversations and get information and get opportunities that we may not have been able to get without it. Yeah, and that's that's absolutely true. And you know, in the in the salesperson to client relationship, it's not always comfortable for you guys to ask for another line of business. You know, I understand that. I've spent my whole life in sales. 
you know, if we if we go in, I can ask for it. I have no problem asking for it. If you know they talk to you afterwards, I can I can be the jerk for asking for it. You know, it's probably not really going to happen. But we can ask for business you might not be comfortable with. You might not necessarily not to say that it might be inappropriate, but you know, with your relationship with them, you might not feel comfortable asking for it. And we will we will ask for it, and we'll have a you know a real open discussion about it. And it can really open up more lines of business and be able to do more work with a client who you might be stuck in tunnel vision with them where they they want this from you that's it they don't want to talk about anything else you know we'll we'll ask we'll ask and we'll see what they say and it might really open up lines of business you know we just in in that one hour meeting with uh, with KIDN we got a shot at their million dollar a year office supply business you know that that's going to happen and so these are that's really the reason behind why we want to do these and to get closer with them to bring in another voice to talk to them all that's really important um okay so Rusty, he also Rusty, he also said that it was an easy report to uh read uh from his other ones that he got what do you mean yeah, that's right that remember um he, he also made a comment and this is a kudos to eric really but he made a he made a comment that you know it's, he said it looks very similar to what he gets from McKesson. McKesson, for those of you who don't know, they're a, a company that does like medical supplies, um, like TSS or or those guys. And and what he said was it looks it actually looks very similar to McKesson. He said, but I actually like it a lot better because it's more to the point. There's less like charts and graphs and stuff that really doesn't matter to me. It just kind of shows me all the information that I need to know, the basic information. And it saves me time. So I thought that was fantastic feedback um, from a person who's buying, you know, we know a million dollars in office supplies, which means he's probably buying $5 million a year in product from McKesson. So, you know, it's a big company. He has a lot, you know, he, and he, prior to working for uh, KIDN, he worked for a large hospital chain. So he has access to a lot of these business reviews, and he, he said he liked ours. So that's a great great feedback too. Absolutely, that's true. I had I had forgotten about that. Yeah, you know, we're not inundating them with a 50 slide PowerPoint. You know, I think this one was eight or nine slides and it really just kind of was the backdrop of the conversation that we were having. Um, okay, so that's about all I've got. Um, Brad, do you have anything for the team? I'm doing okay, Rusty. Thanks. Uh, Yeah, doing okay. Thanks. Okay. Cool. And um, we're having another of the sales CRM outreach program meetings this coming Friday, I believe. Correct. So so next Monday we'll have uh, Don do another debrief to the team on how those are going and uh, what's come out of those meetings. Great. Um, Nathan, anything else for the team? Yeah, I just want to talk for a minute about the 30th anniversary party. And I thought you did a great job introducing it um, this morning, Rusty. I just also want to add that this is really a celebration. Um, it's a celebration of 30 years of an organization that's, you know, really become home to a lot of people. And, I mean, you know, I'll, I'm going to single out Debbie and Linda, uh, you know, who have been with us, well, Debbie, longer than the company's been in business. Uh, because Debbie actually came over, you know, in a merger, and the other company had been here longer. But anyways, you know, it's it's 30 years as a uh, 30 years in business, it's a family-owned and operated organization. You know, it's it's really a wonderful thing, um, and you know, you should use this as an opportunity to get your customers to the building. You know, create an opportunity to really thank them for their business, because you know, without the people on this call and the people in the office. Uh, and the people who work remotely and our customers, we wouldn't be here. And it's really a celebration um, of of everything that we've been able to do and all the support and love that our that our um, customers and our employees and our spouses and uh, friends and family uh, have given us over the years. So when you guys speak with your customers, you know I, I met with I think two or three customers this week, and 
one of the first things I did was I said, hey, you know, I just wanted to let you know, you know, March 26th from 4 to 7 p.m., we'd love to have you here. We're going to have a 30th anniversary party to celebrate our success, and, you know, we're going to have some refreshments of the adult type if you partake. If you don't, there'll be non-adult beverages and food and entertainment. We'll be giving facility tours and, uh, you know, it should be a really good event. So I don't want people to feel, I don't want you guys to feel pressure like you gotta, you got to do this or you got to do that, but you should want to, to get to your customers. It's really a celebration, and that's kind of the way that Eric and I uh, have been designing it. Um, so if you have any questions, comments, concerns, I think, Don, your feedback was really good about it looking like a calendar and not like, uh, you know, 30 years. So I think on the rest of the stuff that we send out, we should, Eric, modify it to make sure that people understand that it's not the 30th of the month, it's the 30th year on the 26th of the month. So uh, thanks for the feedback, Don. And if anybody has any questions, comments, concerns, uh, please uh, feel free to grab me offline. Okay, Eric, you got anything for the team? Hi, good morning. Um, I just want to point out that the subject line of all of the emails says March 26th. Uh, so there shouldn't be any um, ambiguity about the date. I'm also going to do a reminder email, uh, two reminder emails, I should say, one at the end of this week, uh, or excuse me, the beginning of next week, and uh, another one about 48 hours before the event, uh, which is two weeks from Tuesday, uh, if my math is correct, just to give that extra little nudge to people who are invited. I do have physical invites in hand. Uh, if you need some or you need more, just let me know, uh, and I will leave those for you or mail them to you, which, you know, which obviously whichever one is um, appropriate. Um, that's, that's all I have. Okay, very good. Anyone else got anything else? All right, that is all. Everybody uh, have a great week. Oh, um, one, one thing, actually. Um, on Wednesday, I'm going to be out the whole day. Nathan and I are going to the Bay Area to meet with Delta. Um, so I'm going to be pretty much out of pocket all day Wednesday. And then Nathan is going to be out on Thursday and Friday as well, but I will be back in the office on Thursday. So I just wanted to uh, give everyone that heads up as well. Um, and if there is nothing else, then uh, go have a good rest of your day, and let's kick some butt this week. Thanks, everyone. That was good. Thank you. Thanks, Rusty.